but um, a little introduction on Mary Gray. Mary has been uh, Atlanta um, resident for uh, over a decade now, but she hails from the Northeast. Um, and she is, um, but she's been involved in the cathedral parish um, ever since she graduated from Emory. Um, and she used to be involved on the 2030s leadership team a couple years ago, um, but now she just comes to events and gets to um, receive, except when we wrote her name, like now. Um, so she's going to be um, giving you guys a talk on, um, like we said downstairs, living your life virtuously um, with friends who are not Catholic. Um, and she's pulling from um, experience and from um, her great knowledge of theology and um, people. So um, then she'll be joined afterwards by a small panel, which I'll let her introduce when they come up later. Awesome. Thank you, Kathleen. Um, so as mentioned, my name is Mary Gray. I am super excited to be here this morning talking to you about building friendship and practicing the faith with friends who are not Catholic. As Kathleen mentioned, you know, we'll start with a talk. It will be about 10 to 15 minutes, and then we'll go into a panel and Q&A after. So what I really hope that you walk away with today is a sense of how to foster and grow friendships with friends who aren't of the same faith. And when I think about the intersection of faith and friendship, I really think of it in three different buckets. You have your friends who are no religion at all, whether they're agnostic, atheist, or spiritual. Um, you have your friends who practice a different faith tradition. They might be Jewish or Muslim, Sikh, Hindu. And then you have your friends who are Christian, but aren't Catholic. And when I was working on this talk and I was thinking through it, I realized like, it's pretty tough because each person, each relationship, and really each situation is different. And so I was thinking through, like, how am I going to talk to a group on you know, how you should approach when there are so many different ways and so many different people? Um, so it's a Catholic retreat, and I felt like I had to bring in at least one scripture passage into my talk, and Ecclesiastes 3.1 really came to mind, in that there is a time for everything under the sun. And the way that I really saw this as um, applicable to my talk is that you know the way that you approach a friend is going to vary based on the friend and on the situation. And so when I thought about my own life and the ways that I have found it, been, it to have been fruitful interacting with friends, I really came across four different ways of interacting. Um, this is by no means the only four, uh, but they're the four that I've employed the most in my life. And I wanted to go through them with all of you. Um, so the first is presence. And it is really living out your faith as a Catholic in the day-to-day -day and being present with those around you. The second is openness. I apologize in advance for my handwriting. It is not the neatest. Um, but openness and in terms of like what you believe, but being open to what others believe. The third is engagement and creating a dialogue with 
friends of a different faith in why you believe what you believe. And the fourth is invitation. So inviting others to practice in your faith with you. So what I wanted to do in this next part of the talk is go through an example of each of these in my life and how they have played out. Um, So I'll start with uh, what I think is actually the hardest, which is practicing the faith with friends of no religion at all. And wanted to walk through a story about my living situation. So I live in a house um, with five other people. It kind of borders on a bit of a commune. I've lived there for seven years, and in the course of those seven years, I could do not have had over 30 roommates of different backgrounds, different genders, different ethnicities. And there was a point in the house that we had an opening, which we often do because it's a bit of a rotating door. And um, one of my roommates came to me and he said, you know, I have a friend who's looking. I asked like, yeah, what's her deal? And he's like, she's moving from Texas. She's a teacher and she's lesbian. And I hate to say it, but I immediately kind of paused and like what was going through my head was, you know, we're so different. The way we approach life is very different. Our beliefs are clearly um, very different. And recognized that the way I responded was not a Catholic response at all. And so, you know, spent some time like reflecting and praying on it and told him, like, yeah, have her move in. And what transpired over, you know, the course of us living together was actually a really beautiful friendship. Essentially, you know, even though we were very different in how we approached life and how we approached a Friday night even, essentially I realized that the best way that I could practice my faith in this situation was to be present to her as a Christian in her life. And you know, what living my faith meant in this situation was living you know, without judgment and embracing her for who she was. Um, so this is an example of a time that you know, I really built a friendship that I otherwise would not have had. So next, I wanted to go into an example of a time where I practiced openness with a friend of a different faith tradition. Um, So as Kathleen mentioned, I'm from the Northeast, and there is a very high population of Jews who live in the North, (laughs) and as a result, a lot of my friends from up North are Jewish. And one of these friends in particular, her name is Hannah, she is a very devout Jew. And even though what we believe is different, you know, Jesus, at the end of the day, a lot of the same like foundational building blocks are there. She goes to synagogue every week. I go to mass on Sundays. She observes all of the Jewish holidays. I celebrate Catholic or Christian holidays and feast days. She keeps kosher and I fast. And the way that we've really been able to practice our faith with one another is, you know, despite these differences being open to the other person's faith. And this has allowed us to share our faiths with one another. I've gone to Shabbat service with her and, you know, celebrated Passover with her family. 
and even been to her grandmother's shiva, which is like awake, but it's a one to two week period of mourning instead of just an individual night. And on the flip side, she has come to Catholic Mass with me and you know, during one of our friends' like Catholic weddings was sitting next to me the whole time and was whispering like, you know, why are we sitting? Why are we standing? Why are we kneeling? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Explain it. <laughs> and so, you know, through this friendship, we've really both, um, you know, grown closer as friends as a result of um, being open and sharing our faith with one another. So the next example I wanted to give was of a friendship with a friend who is Christian. Um, So one of my best friends in Atlanta, um, some of you may know her, her name is Grace. Um, She is a non-denominational Christian. And you know, we're getting closer now, like she believes in Jesus, but the whole like Mary, Pope, Saints, Eucharist, variety of other areas are kind of different in terms of how we practice our faith. And, um, you know, we've also had very different just like day-to-day faith experiences where I've been going to Catholic mass my whole life and during my time in Atlanta, like at CTK the last eight years, whereas Grace has been to a variety of different types of churches from mega churches like Buckhead and Passion City to house churches meeting in someone's living room or around a kitchen table to kind of whatever branch of Protestantism you can think of. She's been to a um, service and kind of gone to those throughout Atlanta. But what practicing my faith in this friendship has meant is continuous engagement. You know, we talk about what we believe and why we believe it, which has led to, you know, some harder conversations on like, trying to substantiate transubstantiation and talking about the miracles or, you know, the nuances of what we believe in the Eucharist. Um, But essentially, having the common baseline has been really fruitful in our friendship because, you know, when we've gone through difficult times together, we've been with one another, like, able to pray as friends or remind each other to trust in God. And I would say, you know, this example is practicing the faith with like a Christian who isn't Catholic. I would also say this could even apply to when you have friends who are like Catholic, but they're really priesters, like going to Mass on Christmas and Easter, or, you know, maybe even just going to Mass on Sunday, but not doing anything in their faith beyond that. Having the opportunity to engage on what you both believe and why you believe it, um, I think will be helpful for them, but also for you. Because of this friendship with Grace, all of our engagement led to really my growing closer in my own faith. Um, So I've given three examples of times where I've, you know, applied some different ways of interacting with friends and it's, um, you know, largely gone well. But I wanted to end on an example of a time that I should have offered invitation and didn't. And so a couple years ago, um, I was dating someone who was not religious at all. Um, I knew that he wasn't religious. He knew that I was religious. Um, We kind of just like tiptoed around the matter and left it at that. 
which I would not recommend, by the way. <laughs> but essentially, we were away on a hiking trip. We were hiking in Switzerland, and Sunday rolled around, and I was like, oh shoot, like, I need to go to Mass. And you know, knowing that he didn't go to Mass, I kind of just told him, like, hey, I'm going to Mass now, it's at this time, you know, I'll meet you after in this location. And really kind of prided myself on the fact that I hadn't applied any pressure, I had kind of told him I was going to Mass and was still practicing my faith because I was going to Mass on a Sunday. And I actually found out months later through a conversation that it was a pretty big missed opportunity because he, had, he told me that if I had invited him to Mass in that moment, he would have gone. But when I didn't offer the invitation, he felt like he couldn't invite himself. Um, so I bring up that example because now when I'm in situations like that, whether it's friends, family, you name it, essentially I always offer the invitation, you know, still not applying any pressure, but that way they know that if they want to, they can join. And I can share in my faith in that way if they choose to, to come to it. So um, I've gone through these four examples of how you can interact with um, friends who are of a different religion. I wanted to spend just a brief moment talking through some ways that maybe you don't want to act, interact with friends who um, aren't of the same religion. Um, so I touched in my talks on judgment and you know not applying pressure, but I actually wanted to pool the room or pull the room because you know, we all live in the South and we know there's not always the most rosy perception of Christianity or Catholicism in the South. Like what are some other ways that you think are pitfalls in Christianity that it's helpful to try to avoid? Like, what was it? Like Bible beating? Like yeah, just I think like... Bible beating is a really good one. <laughs> Definitely applicable to the South. You know, I had mentioned not providing pressure Condemning is a good one, or a good one to not do. <laughs> Big clarification. Um, you know, I think we all know Catholicism is sometimes associated with the word guilt. So I think that's another one I would add to the list. Um, any others? Over-explaining. Over-explaining. I really like that one. Or I think, you know, sometimes you know, Catholicism was like the first branch of Christianity. So we, rightfully so, often feel that we are right. But sometimes that comes across in a negative light. Um, so I bring up these examples in terms of ways kind of not to interact with those around us who are of a different faith. Um, but... At the end of the day, like really what we are called to do is love those around us. And uh, when we're approaching others with love, we're fulfilling the two greatest commandments of loving God and loving our neighbors. And so in today's talk, we've gone through kind of these four examples of ways that we can interact with friends around us, whether being present 
open, engaging, or inviting. But what I would really challenge you all to do is invoke the Holy Spirit and ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance. And for your relationships and friendships, how should you be approaching them? And what's the best way that you can live your faith and respond to those around you? Because when you approach others from the perspective of loving them in the way that God loves you, at the end of the day, this is the best thing you can do to both build your friendship and practice your faith as a Catholic. Um, So with that, I will invite my lovely panel to join and we will continue the conversation. Okay, so maybe before we start with the questions, what we have a few um, pre-questions that I'll read, but then there will also be an opportunity as a group for you to ask questions. And um, wanted to start with really, if you can just offer like a brief introduction of yourself and your faith background and why you're here today. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Robbie. I'm for the 20s and 30s group, uh, and I'm particularly focused on interfaith, so this is particularly relevant for me. Um, I converted to Catholicism when I was 20, so about nine years ago now. Yeah, it was last week. Oh, and why are you here today? Oh, I'm, I think the first one answers that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Mary Slate. Um, I help with um, Discipleship Night through the 20s and 30s ministry. And I um, have been Catholic for about two years. Um, I've lived in a lot of my um, community and family is Protestant. So. And I'm Joe. Um, I don't have a fancy title. But I'm, fancy. But, uh, I'm around. And uh, I, <laughs> I also have been uh, converted two years ago. Me and Mason were actually in the same Marcinia class. And, um, and uh, I grew up with a lot of atheists and non-Catholic friends. Most of my friends still are. And so my wife convert, helped convert me, and now I'm on the other end of that, where I'm talking with all my friends. Awesome. So given that you are all Can you guys all speak up just a little bit? Thank you, Kathleen. Yeah, so given that you are all converts, can you um, talk about a time that someone successfully shared the faith with you? and ultimately how that helped lead your decision to come to Catholicism? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, uh, for me, I, my, my wife converted me, really. Um, we dated for four, four or four and a half years before I actually converted. It was actually while we were engaged, I decided to convert. I was telling Mary it was a week after she told me, I'm okay if you are never become Catholic. I said, yeah, I think I'm ready to do this. She always says God needed God needed to hear that she could let it go before God would give it to her. But uh, but um, yeah, I, I think that but really the important part of that was she really patiently and lovingly explained the faith to me, but she never tried to push on me. And if she did, I would have lashed back hard. Right, like I was like, you respect my beliefs, I'll respect yours, kind of thing. So, um, she like super patiently, super lovingly just showed me the faith and the beauty of the faith. Right. So, uh, once she got me in, into mass, it was like the beginning of the end. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I would say my story is very similar. When I was in high school, a lot of my good friends ended up being Catholic, 
And so when I eventually went off to college and had the space and time to explore what faith I was interested in, I, my family is Baptist largely, and then there's some Mormons there in different fun. Uh, <laughs> they, they were really, really forward about it. you just must elite because that's the right thing to do, and we've done it for centuries, and that's just what you have to get on board with. I was like, ah, that doesn't really make much sense to me. I'm like, well, that's okay. You'll get there eventually. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, so I just said, no, thank you. And when I went off to college, I started exploring it on my own. Um, and I actually really like how you've laid this out because I think of this as an evolution. And particularly with my story, uh, my friend's parents were the ones that convinced me to go to Mass one day. Mass, as you said, is always the beginning of the end. <laughs> so. But they were, they were really just there, and uh, they were open to hearing where I was, unlike my family, and they also were willing to engage with me at that spot and then progressively move forward. Uh, and it's funny, the invitation that they finally gave me wasn't to go to church with them. It was to go to church, in a, it was going to church at a parish in my college town on my own. Yeah, so I eventually did that, and I showed up at Mass, and I, I had no idea what was happening. A lot of up, down, left, right. There's also a Latin mass, very traditional church. <laughs> 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 uh, but the, by the end of it, I I was just sitting there and I was like, I love this. It feels like home. And so I, I made the decision that day. You know? like, this makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so we just went through kind of a time that someone shared the faith with you. But could we next talk about a time where Maybe you were sharing the faith with someone, but you changed the way that you were interacting with them. I remember for me early on, um, I was thinking, oh my gosh, if I just explain this to my family and friends, like they're all gonna get it. Um, <laughs> and that didn't really go over very well. So um, I think um, it kind of brings up in people defensiveness, and then it brings up my own defensiveness, and Someone told me um, the faith doesn't need defending, and it, it really doesn't. Um, so I think from there, I was like, I'm less gonna talk, try, kind of like we talked about the Bible beating, like just lay out the facts, um, to more of like, I'm just gonna try to like live out my faith and um, let the Holy Spirit guide opportunities to like explain um, and share in more organic ways rather than kind of going in and being like, just lay it out for you. So I think um, that shift is also just a little bit more um, humble <laughs> rather than like taking on more of a pride, like you don't know and let me you know, show you. So um, usually doesn't work very well <laughs> when you do that. <laughs> yeah, similarly, there's a, there's a quote that I really like. It's by Francis of Assisi and it's preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. And I think that really ties to what Mary is saying, is Mary Slate is saying, other Mary. <laughs> so, it's a very Catholic panel, if you can't tell. <laughs> but, um, Joseph Mary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John, <laughs> essentially. But yes, yeah, so um, I personally really love that quote, and definitely there is a time where words are necessary, but there is also a time when action is the best way to go. Um, Robbie, Joe, anything you want to add? I think for me, I, taking an approach to other Christian denominations that I'm friends with, like 
um, I used to be like, that's cool. Like, what do you believe? That's cool. And then here's the right answer, right? But uh, I think recently I've just been like, the best thing I can do is just call both of us to a higher faith, right? So it's like not about trying to be like, you should become Catholic, but just like, hey, what do you what do you believe? And like, here's like, what do you believe about prayer? What is a way that we can both elevate our prayer life? What do you believe about scripture? What's a way we can both like, if I feel like our theology is more sound over here, I'm like, how can I bring you just closer to this theology? Right. I would say, at least in my life, one of the hardest places to live my faith is at work uh, because it's there's a lot of different sensitivities there, right? And what, I, what I've started doing over the past two years or so is really just describing my life in terms of my faith, right? So if someone asks me how my weekend goes and I had a really good weekend, I'll tell them it was a blessing and just describe what I was able to do. Uh, as you might imagine, the cathedral comes up quite a bit in my life, given my position. And so it's, it's kind of really easy to merge in, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm planning a retreat this weekend for about 110 people. There are 110 of you, by the way. Um, and there's a lot of logistics involved in that. And it's been really fun and kind of crazy. And I don't know if you've ever gone Costco shopping for 100 people, but it's, it's a mind bender. Um, <laughs> But it, it, I think in those small moments, you can give people a line into who you are and what you believe, and then you also allow them the space to reciprocate. And so I was talking to um, our head of supply chain on Friday about this, what I was doing this weekend, and he was like, oh yeah, that's a huge blessing, right? And he's like, right there, he's like, oh, blessing, you believe in God too. Wow, I, interesting. Cool. We can actually have a different conversation now. I'm also interestingly had the same kind of conversation with our head of HR, which is a little bit more fraught. <laughs> awesome. So I think we have time for one or two questions from the audience, and then we'll head over to the next um, group, which is or area, which is small groups, right? Okay. So if anyone has a question, you can raise your hand. Okay. Um. So y'all have talked a lot about like, talking with non-Catholic people um, who you're friends with and who you know. Um, how would you approach if like, there was someone who you know who's kind of like against the church and against Catholicism and actively is like um, not quite insulting, but definitely like clearly not friendly about it? Like, How do you approach a situation like that? Um, it's difficult. Obviously, right? Anyone who's like challenging you it is like about anything you don't want to hear. But I think um, there's a level of like, in my opinion, like a level of like love there that's like being able to accept a little bit of the beating like patiently, but also um, where you know stand firm in your faith. So like, if they're challenging the faith, like maybe you can sit there like with different people. You can't just us out. Like maybe they need uh, an explanation, right? Like, oh, you guys worship Mary. Like you could say, no, we don't worship Mary, but there's this level of like prudence that's like patience versus like standing strong and being like, hey, this is, I'm drawing a line here, but also like not letting yourself get mad, right? Um, but like also is like the best way to combat that is to like really know your faith, right? I would say I would take heart in that moment because it's it's much harder to deal with someone who's just truly apathetic than on either end of the extreme, right? So they've got passion there, and that passion is kind of boiling out in this 
maybe not the best type of style of interaction. Uh, but you, kind of what Mary was saying earlier, you can always help guide people to kindness and charity, right? So like, if they're lashing out, there's a portion of that where you say, hey, God, help me carry this, right? And help me understand what I should say to this person. Because you won't always have the answer, uh, but I, you don't always need to have the answer at the end of the day. As long as you know who you are in your faith and you are confident and believe in that, the right, the right words and the right answers come to you. And sometimes I think it's a little bit less about what you say and more how you say it. So that's what I thought. Yeah.